are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. Here's what I have on tap for you today. We are going to go over, of course, Pro Day. It was awesome, right? But we got to know more in depth about who our guys are and what you know people are looking at, right? Where where are our guys going to end up when it's all said and done? And I think I've brought an expert here to give me that conversation and just give me the inside scoop a little bit of how it's going down. So I have Ryan Roberts here. He's an NFL draft NFL draft scout. He's an expert. He is the guru when it comes to knowing all the ins and outs of these things. So I'm excited to have him join the show. Ryan, how are you? I'm all good, Candice. I appreciate you having me on today. Of course, of course. Thank you so much. And, you know, you've taken some time and covered Notre Dame before, but you pretty much know everything when it comes to NFL drafts. So talk a little bit about what you're doing now and your work with kind of all the scouting and gearing up for what should be a really exciting draft day. Yeah, yeah. So I was with NFL Draft Bible as the director of scouting, and I actually recently just uh, stepped down from the position so I'm starting in on 2022 NFL draft uh, for the last couple of weeks, already getting my scout reports ready and because I kind of finished a little early this year. So I'm with Coast to Coast Scouting now, um, doing all the scouting reports over there, getting ready for my draft guide for next year, which will be my first time doing a, uh, a solo uh, draft guide, which would be pretty, pretty insane, pretty yeah. fun to do. And then I'm also with Expand the Box Score, where like all the pieces the um from interviews that i've done with players uh leading up to 2021 will be there and then kind of moving into next year that'll be like more of the human interest um type of featured articles so expand the box scoring coast to coast is where you can find my work now no doubt now carolina hosted its pro day on monday and there were 31 out of 32 teams even though the rams are not bringing anybody to spring or anybody um to pro days but i would like to know okay as someone who is new to all this pro day stuff how good or bad is it to have the NFL Network have you on, but not necessarily hype up your players that are attending? Well, I mean, as much exposure as you can get this year is huge, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about a year where we had two all-star games canceled. Because what really the draft process is, it's a resume builder, right? So you had the NFL PA Bowl and the East-West Shrine game that went fully virtual. Mm-hmm. So there was less opportunities for players to get their name out there that way. And then we're moving in there. Hey, combine, we did the medicals, but there's no testing. So we didn't get those verified numbers in the combine circles as well. So pro day is vital. So Mm -hmm. anything that you can get, the more eyes that you can get in front of is huge. And I know obviously for the Tar Heels specifically this year, you guys have have five outstanding prospects that people are really excited about. So any, any type of notoriety and, and enhanced look into those prospects, not only from an athletic perspective, but Hey, 31 out of 32 uh, teams represented the big part of this evaluation process, is not just watching the tape and then verifying what that you see on tape with the measurables that they have, but it's also being able to talk to them firsthand, being able to chew their brain, see how much they, how much information they can retain, where they fit best. The, the human part of this evaluation, the, the finding the, the person to fit into your organization is as vital as just seeing those numbers flash across the screen. No doubt. Now, can a, or I'm giving you like the scouting one-on-one here. So all my people who are not necessarily the NFL draft pros, can a pro day or any sort of kind of evaluation hurt your chances and kind of put you behind where people might've thought, Oh, he's a first or second rounder. Maybe not now he's a third or fourth, maybe even fifth rounder. 
So there's there's two things that pro days do. One, a pro day will verify what you see on film. So a Diami Brown, right? He's fast. I think he's fast on film. He goes to the pro day. He runs fast. That verifies. It checks the box. You're not going back to watch the film because that's exactly what your that what your scouting report said. He's a fast player. He tested fast. You're good to go. Right now, if a Diami Brown went to the pro day when you thought he was fast on film and he runs a four six then that might be a red flag. Like, Hey, I need to go back and watch the film because yeah. the pro day told me something differently than what my eyes told me on film. Mm-hmm. So there's a verification process. And the other side that goes more for small school guys, maybe overshadow prospect is, Hey, if these teams did not get an opportunity to get to your film, if a guy out of nowhere runs four, three flat in the 40, you're like, huh? Okay. I, I haven't watched that guy. I don't know much about him, but now he's on my radar. So for these pro days, it's verification or it's getting players on the radar. Those are kind of the two big things that, that it does for you. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, when you watch in game time, nothing compares to doing it with pads on going out on the field. Right. But, uh, you know, like you said, it's an opportunity to show, you know, more attention based, more private kind of moments where, hey, this guy can really like hone in on these skills that I'm looking for. But I think it also just depends on the type of team. Like some guys, some teams are heavy on pro days, some teams are probably heavy on I see the film I feel like when he gets you know in a certain setting he'll be fine the lights are on because you know some people are different you know and every player is unique but speaking of that we've got five guys of course that I want to get your better insight on they had pretty decent uh, pro days I would say Deami Brown first up as we mentioned so we've been talking about him already super fast super quick can you please tell me just quick you know where you think that he is going to land and why, right? If you are impressed by him or you think that he's someone that's going to definitely have to work his way into somebody's team, just go ahead and throw that out there as well. Yeah, so in Phil Longo's offense, that the last time we saw a big-time wide receiver prospect come out of Phil Longo's offense, we're talking about A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf coming out of Ole Miss. And Diami kind of fit the role that D.K. Metcalf had in the offense. He was more the vertical threat. He really tested it on that vertical plane, a lot of go routes, a lot of comebacks, a lot of curls, like everything is just working linearly. Mm-hmm. So he's, it's a little weird of an evaluation, to be honest, because like mm-hmm. you look like a guy like DK Metcalf, who is straight line fast, but not incredibly flexible. <laughs> that kind of makes sense for him. For Deami Brown, it doesn't make a ton of sense because he's not the biggest wide receiver of all time. You would think that right. he could do more things as a route runner, run some in-breaking routes, run, you know, run deep over routes, like the, in breaking stuff is something that you would think would be a part of his repertoire. So on film though, you, you see that ability as a ball tracker down the field, you see that, that speed. I mean, it's easy to see, like it doesn't take long into Deami Brown's film to say that kid's fast. He can create some big plays. The things that I want to see from him and why a pro day performance is important for him, maybe more than even running fast is the fact of let's see what, how he looks running routes. How crisp is he in and out of his breaks? That is kind of the separator between just a role player or maybe a little more substantial upside. And I think, you know, speed sells at the NFL level. So at, at worst, we're talking about somewhere on day two, rounds two through three for a guy like De'Ami Brown, just because he can bring that vertical element. But I do think with his body type and the ability that he has, he might be more than just that vertical type receiver. There might be some developmental potential. The biggest crux I've had with him on film, besides for the usage from the Tar Heels, is just, his hands are a little hit or miss. His ball skills are just like, he'll drop a pass occasionally where you're just like, it's, it's not well, forgivable. We, yeah. Like you just need to have it. Yeah. So that's kind of the one thing that's holding me back a little bit. 
But I do think that De'Ami Brown is firmly on day two, and I think that he has developmental potential. I think he's more than potentially just a deep threat, but at worst, he has – people talk about one-trick ponies, and it's like a negative connotation. For me, if you have a trick, that gives you a chance <laughs> to, be, to be employed for a long time. So he's, he's, yeah. got, he's got a calling card for him. Listen, Ted Ginn has been in the league a very – was in the league a very long time for his one trick, yeah. and that, that speed, even in his later years, was certainly had him when he was – I had I uh, was on the team – well, I worked for the team when they were in New Orleans, and I'm like, Ted Ginn is not someone you – coming from Carolina from the Panthers side, you're like, man – he can't do a lot, but a boy's quick. Can't catch all the time, but man, he can he can go when when's needed, right? We'll be right back to the interview with Ryan Roberts. But first, let me tell you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market right now. Bill Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar, hundred percent covered in chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Bill Bar is the best because we are doing Bill Bar Madness. Today's matchup is mint brownie and coconut cookie crunch. Make sure you get in on the action. I'm a mint person myself. I like a little mint chocolate chip with my ice cream. And how about mint brownie with my Built Bar? So go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Make sure you cast your vote. Also, remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's right. Get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be the best tasting protein bar ever. Speaking of something maybe on the flip side, right, Daz Newsom is able to really run routes better than anybody that we've seen from Carolina in a long time. And so what what are people saying about Daz? I know he's not the, you know, this is a very deep receiving class, right? So he's going to have to take his time. He's going to have a long weekend, right? But still, I think there's space for him at the next level. Yeah, no, I, I think he's going to hear his name called somewhere rounds four through seven, day three. I, I think that he's a very easy transition like a translation to the next level because he's going to be a slot receiver he doesn't have a ton of size he's not gonna be able to play on the outside a ton he's not incredibly fast but what he is is he's very explosive in short areas he fits that mold very well he's a yak guy like he's going to break some tackles he's going to create some chunk plays after the catch and he has some return ability so for me he's a guy that's going to just fill a roster spot and you're just going to kind of forget about him for a couple years is he ever going to be a high volume pass catcher Probably not, but I think that he's definitely going to at least round out a receiving core and give you special teams value. And I think that Daz, unfortunately, just he kind of fits just one mold. You know, like he's not going to play Z and X. He's he's not going to play all around. Like he's literally he's just a slot receiver, which is fine because it's a role. But I think that some people just forget about him a little bit because he's not the most scheme versatile. Like there's one thing that he can do well, but he does it well. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think it's also, you know, speaks to Carolina football, right? It hasn't been on the main stage for a very long time. So it's not exactly like we're coming, we're just, you know, shooting out receivers like it's nothing. Like Matt Collins, yeah, okay. Uh, Hakeem <laughs> Nicks, all right, right? Like it's not like, and of course, you know, Hakeem won the Super Bowl, but still, it's not like guys that were saying every other day, like, you better come to wide receiver you because that's what Carolina is. So you certainly find, find your niche there. But I, again, I think he'll play on Sundays, but I agree with you. He'll be somewhere kind of not an afterthought. I don't want to put that on people but some definitely something that's like okay he's on the team he'll make he'll make some good money for himself and that's ultimately what a lot of these guys are here to do so I no doubt about that now keeping up with the offense conversation Sam Howell obviously had some help last season with this two tandems that we're about to introduce here Michael Carter Javante Williams first we'll go with Michael the senior leader who has really kind of turned to help turn the program around for Carolina and of course it helped that Javante had a breakout year last year but Michael 
love the fact that he shifty. I've compared him to Alvin Kamara. I would love to know who you give kind of that nod to, who he looks like for you. I actually compared him to Deion Lewis, who's okay. been a very solid running back in the NFL yeah. for a long time. You know, he's been more of a stable guy. Like I think he, I think he may have ran for over 800 yards like once or twice in a season, but he's just a guy that's super solid. He's not a big frame guy. He's a little smaller, compact, but extremely quick. He's a space player. I think he's going to play well on third downs. He can bring you stuff in the receiving game. He's actually a better pass blocker than you would think for a guy his size as well. So he's a guy that I don't think there's an upside to being like this dynamic running back, this high volume uh, getter. What I think that he is, is he's a very solid role player, a part of a stable, stable um, committee role. And I think that Michael Carter is another guy, sort of like Daz Newsom, might go under the radar a little bit, but I think that he's just going to be a really solid contributor for a long time. And I, I think that he's going to not only make a football team, but at worst, we're talking about a guy that's going to affect third downs and, Get, get get some volume. I just don't think that he's ever going to be the guy where he's going to touch the ball 250 times plus every single season. I think he's a 150 touch guy counting rushing and receiving per year. But I think that that's a valuable role at the next level. And he does a lot of things very well. Listen, he reminds me of the Giants, the Wayne train, Wayne Gallman, who has been a very good addition, right? A second to Saquon and obviously taking over when Saquon was out. And Michael could certainly be that, right? Sometimes you just need to be a strong number two. And if that gets you a lot of money and helps you stay on teams long. And I think personality wise, Mike is going to have himself a long career based on what, when you have someone like Mac Brown kind of hyping you up, there's no doubt about that. You're going to be have the great opportunity to be in the league for a good minute. Now, Javante Williams, who is the quiet, but when he's in the game, most explosive player, in my opinion, I've had hashtag feed Javante all season. Cause I just think anytime you give him the ball, things get better. So I don't know how you run plays here, Phil, but you know, I've always been big on him. How has this big leap for him kind of put him in the national conversation? Cause a lot of it was about the fact that he was still considering coming back for another year. And if I'm like, this is not, no, <laughs> I need you to go ahead and do what you got to do. Cause we didn't talk about Javante last season, the season before. And now it's like, he's in every other conversation. Yeah. Now running backs, I always recommend the running backs. The minute that you can go pro go pro save yeah. your legs. It's the shortest lifespan of any position in the NFL uh, with the tread on the tire. So Javante, this was the right time for him. And when we're talking about what he did at the pro day specifically for a second, like everybody kind of fixated on the 40 yard dash time and the four, five, eight. And they're like, Oh, that's disappointing. I'm like, did we watch the same player? Like, that's not how he wins. He's not a, he's not a home run guy. Like he is right. a big physical running back. That is, I mean, he's a load to handle for a long portion of the game. Like he is just going to keep chipping away. And then he's super explosive in short areas. And we saw that in his jumps that like, he is super explosive that there's no question about that. He is in the conversation. There's three guys at the top. Travis Etienne from Clemson, Najee Harris from Alabama, and then, of course, Javante Williams. Javante Williams is the guy that's kind of burst onto the scene during the 2020 season. But I think those three backs are honestly pretty interchangeable. I think that it depends on what teams prefer. And I've had a couple mock drafts that I've done where I put Javante as, as the first running back off the board in the first round, because I think that teams are going to kind of be all over the place with who they prefer. Mm. And if we're talking about the best all around running back. I would argue that it's probably Javante when you throw in the fact of he's a gifted runner. He's got explosiveness. He's powerful. He can catch the football, but then he is the best pass blocking running back in the draft by sure. a large margin. Like yeah. he is an all around bell cow type of back. 
gave him 200 plus carries every single season, gave him another 50 catches in the past game every single season. For me, this is the guy that late first round, very possible. At worst, we're talking somewhere in the second round because I think that he does everything very well. Oh, listen, that is what we love to hear around here because I think, again, I'm very high on Javante, and I also just think that he's a guy that immediately had a breakout performance at that Miami game. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know if you can come back, bro. <laughs> like, the way you broke all those tackles, and, you know, you guys got guys like Quincy Roche and all those others on Miami and great defenders and all the staple that is Miami, the way he just embarrassed most of those guys. I was like, yeah, you're, you're playing in a, in a grown man's game, a, a, man, a boy playing field. You got to go. Time to go. <laughs> I felt so himself. bad. I felt so bad for the safety for Miami number five, Amari yeah. Carter. He is still dreaming about Javante Williams in the worst nightmare possible, thinking right? about him going down the field. Like it is, it, that was one of the best performances that I've seen this draft season. Such a great interview we're having with Ryan. We're going to wrap up today's show, but first, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. You can get in the game with a few simple clicks. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and your sports. I mean, what more can you ask for? Real-time updated odds on props and bets and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. If you go to betonline.ag, you will be locked and loaded. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today, and you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And remember, don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked on for your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you type in that promo code. All right, tell them that Coop sent you. And now we move to defense, right? And I think that's been the story everyone's talking about. The guy who has switched positions, he went from quarterback to linebacker, and now he is going to be in the conversation to hear his name when it comes to NFL draft. Something that I know a lot of people were confused about because I know for me, watching Carolina football and seeing him as a quarterback, you know, I knew that wasn't his ministry, but I'm so glad he found his way on the defensive side and he has been so much better. And I think he looks happier, right? Not having to take all that pressure of being the quote unquote leader for the Tar Heels offense. So Chaz Surratt, you know, let's talk about him and why you feel like he is going to be a great addition to anybody's NFL team or maybe not. Well, it's kind of what you said, right? We're talking about, we talk about intangibles a lot for prospects, the, how, what they are as a person, and as a leader. For me, what he did over the last two years after making a tough transition, like that's not an easy transition to make and a really quick transition. He's a class act. He's a leader of that defense, has been for two years. And he's a really well-spoken, smart young man who gets it. Like he just understands yeah. the game and he understands how to be a professional. And I think that that quarterback background has really helped him a lot with diagnosing and ability to understand leverage, what, what is happening in front of them, short zones, what, what are quarterbacks a- aiming points in the passing game? What are their eyes telling you? Like, I think that that has really helped him a lot, to be honest. And it was a pretty mm-hmm. smoother transition than you would anticipate. And then we saw even when he was a quarterback, like he was a running quarterback. He wasn't a talented passer, but like he could run the football. Right. And you see that and as linebacker, like he can run sideline to sideline. He ran in the four sixes. Like he has very good speed. He has a long lean frame that can still add weight to it. The biggest question mark about him is going to be, you ha- you aren't a linebacker. You've only been playing it for two years. And you can see that there's a lack of physicality at times. Like he is willing, very willing to get involved and very willing to come downhill, but he just, he hasn't fully developed physically yet. Mm -hmm. Like he still needs to add weight to the frame. 
no, no doubt to his effort, but it's just something that he does need to work on. And then the one thing that is holding him back, I think a little bit transitioning laterally is he's got good speed, but we saw that he has very short arms. He doesn't have the greatest length kind of moving outside of his frame, making some tackles kind of towards the sideline. Like he misses some tackles at this point, but I think that he's got the smarts. I think that he has the intangibles. I think he has the speed to kind of make up for that shortcoming. And I think that he is a guy that is firmly in the day two conversation because he kind of fits that modern mold of linebacker, very athletic. And then he has a good head on his shoulders. And I think Chaz Surratt is going to be at worst, a very solid starting option, maybe better, but I also think that he brings special teams value to you very, very quickly because he plays with his hair on fire. He plays with outstanding effort. Absolutely. You know, I think it's that, so his numbers definitely declined from 2019-2020 because nobody had film on him in 2019, so he didn't really know what to expect, right? But I do agree. I think with the right program, the right fit, I think if he learned under some, like, really key, you know, high-performing guys on the defensive side, he'll be a great addition and just taking that time to really get that muscle milk down, <laughs> get in that mm-hmm. weight room and really grow. So I 100% agree with that. But, you know, looking, you know, those are our top five guys that we're hoping to see come get their names called on draft day. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on the shift of kind of football program and Mac Brown and having guys who are going to get their names called. What does that say about this program? And like, where do you think, you know, as someone who's a scout, right? Do you see more guys kind of shifting their way towards Carolina? I mean, Mac's done a great job. I mean, he really has developing that talent. Because Again, you talked about a guy like Chad Surratt, who was a quarterback two years ago, and he developed him as a football player. He Javante Williams was a guy that was on the, like, people knew who Javante Williams was in 2019, but like the ascension that he made as a football player, the ascension that Michael Carter made as a football player, Mac Brown's a good football coach. He knows how to develop prospects. Mm-hmm. And the more players that we're getting going from Chapel Hill to the NFL – it's going to be easier for him to recruit, even though we know he can recruit because we already seen guys like Tony Grimes, for instance, come come on, you know, as a five star recruit and shine very early. So recruiting is not even going to be an issue. But the more that we get good NFL uh, talent to come out of Chapel Hill, the better it's going to get be for the program long term. And I think Mac Brown has done an excellent job in the last two, two years. I think that what he's done in a short time, turning around this program that was a little down in the dumps a couple of years ago, is pretty pretty historic like it's it's outstanding work so I I, I love I love Mac Brown and everything that he's done so far for the targets a hundred percent listen winning two games and then finally being able to be in the bowl conversation playing teams like Texas A&M like that's that's just pretty incredible but I do agree to your point that he has changed the culture and I'm glad it's a culture shift where it's like actually winning and not just being like oh it's cool to go to Carolina because all that it is Jordan brand but we're actually you know playing good football we're actually doing good things you know on the football field that train Translate into our guys going to the next level. So I 100% agree with that. This and, is very- and you have the best jerseys in college football. <laughs> so it's not a tough sell. Those, yeah, those, listen. those Carolina Blues, they're the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. The throwback ones were, uh, I think they got an award actually for being the best throwback jerseys of the season. But yeah, I I am a, a Coach Mac Brown stand account. I think that he is someone who's just made a culture shift. Like, okay, we have the big brand, but how can we use it in an effective way and get lights on stage? Like nobody was coming to NFL. Like NFL never wasn't calling Carolina football trying to be on anybody's pro day so to see that shift has been good but I really appreciate your time right the insights I think it's so key and important and you know guys like you who are really in the trenches kind of learning and trying to share all this information I'm so glad I get to have this platform to give you the opportunity to utilize and share your voice so can you please remind folks of where you are now and where they can find your work again 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you so much, Candice. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so my work that you can find is at Coast to Coast Scouting, moving into the future here and uh, expand the box score. That's where the human interest pieces are. And then Coast to Coast Scouting is where the real scouting stuff is, the scouting reports. So you can find me at Rise and Draft on Twitter, uh, post up all the content there. I like to think that I'm a solid follow. So yeah. a follow there. Check out a couple of the websites that I'm writing for. It's some good content, some good stuff leading up now to 2021 NFL draft. Yeah. Listen, I love the human interest part, right? Cause I think it, a lot of times you can throw out the numbers, but who are they as people and like, how can they actually, you know, provide to your team beyond just whether they can run fast and, you know, catch balls and all that good stuff. So that's really good. And so good on you for doing that and making sure you expose and amplify that kind of content. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that, that's my favorite part to be honest. The whole cycle is it's, we, we lose the human humanistic side of things, right? Like, cause we just think that these yeah. guys are just machines playing on Saturdays and then right? into Sundays. I mean, they have the same trials and tribulations that all of us have. They just are a little more, you know, amplified to a degree yeah. dur during the weekend. So that that's kind of my favorite part besides for just doing the evaluation. No, yeah. And I can only imagine what that's been like trying to navigate this space with COVID and everything and trying to get your head in the game and perform at elite level and know that your job is pretty much on the line from 30 people watching you. Like I, I'm like, woo, swim meets are hard, right? But like having my bosses, my future bosses stare at me, I think I would have been so overwhelmed. But no, I, I definitely get trying to give them all encompassing seeing all the content necessary but i appreciate that thanks again to ryan for stopping by the show make sure you guys check out all of his content it's such a great opportunity to get in on the nfl draft and what is coming for some of your very very important nfl teams right again i hope you guys have a great rest of your day make sure you take care of yourselves drink your water all that good stuff and please 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 download subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts it would be great follow simple clicks right touch that dial leave a review five stars all that goodness appreciate your time have a great one and as always go heels you are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.